On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. For me, when we think about how Black people have been able to continue to exist given all the trauma and oppression, I think the answer is love. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, let me just say, get ready for your mouth to drop when you hear this bio, okay? And don't say I didn't warn you. Felicia Pride is a TV writer, producer, and an award-winning filmmaker. She wrote on Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar and currently writes on Grey's Anatomy. She's developing shows with FX and Netflix and has previously sold a show to Bravo. In film, she's the writer and executive producer of Really Love, produced by Macro, which debuted on Netflix and became a top 10 movie on the platform, y'all, okay? She made her directorial debut with Tinder, a short film she also wrote, which won a Lionsgate Award at Black Star Film Festival and aired on Stars. She founded and runs Honey Child, a production company that produces cultural content centering the lives of the full lives, let me add, of Black women 40 and over and is the co-host of her podcast, Child Please. She was recently selected for the 2022 Good Morning America Inspiration List and there is so much more we could say about Felicia Pride, but we're going to jump into this juicy conversation and let you hear more about her amazing projects from her lips. So Felicia Pride, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you for having me. Of course. I love this space that y'all have created. Thank you so much. We are so excited for this conversation. And so I'm going to start us off with the quote of the day. Now, Felicia, these words will sound really familiar to you because these are your words. As we've been doing doing our research, we were listening and watching some of your interviews and each one you dropped so many gems. And so we captured one for our quote of the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So our quote of the day, 
When you do writing well, you are able to access humanity. You are able to get to a truth that people can feel. Wow, I said that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need that right now through some of these projects I'm working on. Yeah. Well, I hope that that quote does inspire you as much as it inspired us. When we, you know, when we think about your work, at least for me, this quote of the day, this quote that we chose really speaks to the motivation behind the work that you do. But let me ask you, Felicia, when you hear your words given back to you and you think about the work that you're doing, what comes up for you? Well, first, I feel incredibly grateful. I feel grateful for many reasons. One, that I have this this gift. I do think it's, you know, outside of me has been given to me. So I feel grateful to to have this gift. I feel grateful to be able to even use this gift and be in a position to do that. And then I feel grateful to be able to work with amazing artists all the time who, you know, encourage me to up my game, my craft game, who inspire me. And then I think just like the people around me, my family, my mother, continue to inspire me as well to tell stories that I feel like reflect them. And so, yeah, I just feel a lot of gratitude, a lot of responsibility in that way and a lot of accountability in that way. And then just pride. I feel very proud of the work that I've been able to do and and the people I've been able to work with. That is so amazing. And I'm sure that you inspire so many people. And I'm sure that as folks heard the bio, they're probably like, oh my gosh, they got Felicia Pride on the podcast. So I, <laughs> we want to start from the beginning though, Felicia, like where did your love for writing and your skill set develop? And like, how did you become the Felicia Pride that you are today? Because I'm sure that there, it was a process and a journey. So can you tell us more about that? <laughs> it was a journey and a half and then some. Because I wasn't one of those who grew up knew I wanted to, knowing I wanted to write. You know, there's a lot of artists who are like, I've been singing since I was five. That wasn't me. It wasn't actually until college that I had a professor who noticed something in my writing. And I was a business major at the time because it sounded like you'd get a job in business. And she had encouraged me to minor in English. And I was like, mm, that's not like more money and more time. No, thanks. And also, I just didn't understand what a full time writer looked like. You know, this was 98. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know any full time writers. So I continued on my path and working in business and, but quickly found myself bored and also just like had a lot of angst, you know, a lot of early twenties angst, daddy issues, and was looking for ways to kind of process that. And I found writing to be one of those ways. I started out actually writing really bad poetry. Deaf Poetry Jam had like a forum, I guess this was back in the day. And so I would put my poems on the internet and strangers would read it and like it or hate on it. But either way, I was, I was encouraged by the feedback. I was encouraged by the fact that people were reading my stuff. And then I just looked for more ways to write. So I got an internship while I was working full time. So I was like an unpaid intern for this local newspaper. And that got me into the journalism of things. And also in terms of like a published byline that people were reading, that was a big deal of for me in terms of seeing my name in print. And I still feel very that same feeling when I see it on screen, but also that same kind of responsibility. That's my family's name. So if my name's on it, you know, it's, it's, it's important (laughs) that I protect what my name goes on in that way. 
But yeah, I got into the journalism of it. So I was a freelance entertainment journalist for quite some time doing the hustle of trying to find stories and pitching editors and all of that. You know, it was gratifying. It was a lot of work. So I went back to school, went to grad school at Emerson in Boston and studied writing literature and publishing because I wanted to expand into writing books. And I left that and lived in New York and was able to then transition into writing books. And then I realized that books wasn't my form. So there's been a lot of trial and error in my career, I think, a lot of starting things, trying things, see what works for me. So I stopped writing for a long time after writing my books. And that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. I fell back on my marketing degree and was essentially what we call now impact producer. So helping social justice projects reach audiences. I was developing large scale marketing campaigns and being in service of other creators. And that was gratifying work. But then I got the itch again to seven years later to want to write. And so I started self-teaching myself screenwriting because it felt like a nice middle ground between journalism, the efficiency of journalism, and the imagination of fiction. And then at 35, with the advice of my mentor, moved to LA with one screenplay, and that screenplay became really love. That is amazing. Wow. What a full journey. Can I ask a quick follow-up question, Felicia? I want to know, how do you determine when to let something go? Because I think that'll really inspire yes. folks that are on a path, right? People are just trying different things, and it's like, oh, this this blog isn't working or this podcast isn't working. Like, how did you decide when to let something go and to move on to something else? I think we have to be honest with ourselves about things that are distractions. Because I think what a lot of us are doing are is distracting ourselves from what we really want to do. I knew for a very long time that I wanted to be a full-time writer and continue to be a full-time writer, but it was very difficult. It was very hard financially, right? So instead of getting a job and continuing to be a writer, continue to work my craft, I just stopped cold turkey and started to take on a lot of distractions to move me further and further away from writing. So I think sometimes we have to be clear about or honest about our fears. I think most of everything that stands in our way is some manifestation of fear. Like we're scared to move forward. We're scared of success. We're scared of, of the hard stuff. So I found myself running away from writing a lot for a long time and filling it with distractions. So once I got clear on the things that were distracting me from what I should be doing, what my gift was, and honestly, what I wanted to do, if all things were equal, what would I be doing? It would be writing. That's when I sort of made the commitment to, to put writing first. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, write down those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. First up, we have Everywell. When you know more, you can do more. What if you could use science to discover more about your body? Find out what you need for your healthier tomorrow with Everlywell. Everlywell is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. Here's how it works. Everlywell ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician review results get sent to your phone or device in just days. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps. It's so simple, over 1 million people have trusted Everlywell to support their health and wellness goals. And you should too. 
I took the food sensitivity test, so I plan to change my diet based on what I've learned about my specific food sensitivities. If you want to take action for a healthier tomorrow with Everlywell, they're offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash herspace. All right, let's get back to the show. I love that, you know, because I think we've interviewed several women on the podcast who talk about their love for their careers. And like you mentioned, like there's a lot of us, a lot of folks out there who knew from the age of five or dis- display their talents from the age of five, right? But there are many more of us who change careers multiple times as we get to that point of, like you said, finding and recognizing and acknowledging your purpose and your passion and the thing that you are supposed to be doing. So I appreciate you sharing that journey with us. And so in this current phase of your journey, right, you are showcasing Black love stories. Why is it important for you to focus on Black love stories and what is your approach to injecting that real humanity into your shows, your films, and your writing? Yeah, I mean, I think that Black love is sort of the foundational cornerstone. And I look at love as very expansive, right? I don't look at it as just romantic love. I look at it as community love, familial love, friendship love, sexual love, love of self, love of dreams. And so for me, when we think about how Black people have been able to continue to exist given all the trauma and oppression, I think the answer is love. And I'm not one of those who don't believe that we can't show Black drama because I think that's a part of life. But I think that if we do that, we have to show how Black people continue to move through, to continue to go on, even if they're carrying that trauma. And it's through love, in my opinion, right? And those various forms of love and how the the ways that love manifests itself. So that's important to me. And I think that the humanity piece is important because I just want to see Black people fully realized on screen. We are not one-sided. And going back to sort of the trauma conversation too, like the fact that we are able to, we are very funny people. (laughs) We find ways to make you know, humor out of everything. So to me, humor needs to be a part of everything, you know, like, so I'm just trying to find the ways that Black people actually live and exist. And when I'm trying to get to truth, I uncover love, I uncover humor, I uncover contradictions, I uncover, you know, messy, I uncover these things when I'm trying to get to truth. That's beautiful. And when you said that, it just made me think about Black Twitter and how Black Twitter be going crazy. Like it just, everything, everything. is just, <laughs> like everything. the way that okay. we can make jokes and <laughs> okay. make each other laugh through yes. the toughest of times mm-hmm. is a skill. It's also a defense it mechanism. It's so, it's important to me that that be piece, part of the storytelling as well. For sure. That's super important. And one of the things that Dom and I, we really appreciate and love is that you refer to Black women over 40 as the honeys. Yes. And we're like, okay. Yes, and so honey. we want to know, okay, honey, I see it. <laughs> we want to know why is it important? Why is it important to make space for women filmmakers, one? And then what challenges do you face in telling stories about Black women in their 40s? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I moved to LA, as like I said, at 35, but I came with, you know, years of 
All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Life experience and careers and wisdom. And I think my age actually helped me to move faster. And it had me like side-eyeing a lot of the shit that goes out in the industry. So I think that there's an interesting space for honeys to be brought into the industry, to transition into the industry, because I think that we can come with new ideas, new waves of resistance, (laughs) and new stories that I think could actually benefit Hollywood. So that's one reason why I'm interested in it, from that aspect of Honey's behind the camera and behind the scenes. But also, I just felt like I wanted to see more, you know, there's some great content with like millennials and Gen Zs that I love, but I felt like I wanted to see some of the conversations that I have with my friends are a little different, right? So wanting to also see the experience of the modern honey, because it's we're not your mama's honey, so you know what I mean? So I want to see the experience of the modern honey, so in terms of stories centering honeys, but then again, I also want to see what a honey perspective is. What is my perspective of a euphoria, right? What is a, a Black woman of a 40s perspective from a severance or a 
you know, succession. Like I would love to see just our viewpoint imbued into more types of storytelling. So for our honey child, our company, we're interested in telling those types of stories, whether it's centers honeys or it's from a honey perspective, but it's anybody, or it is, you know, created by honeys or honeys are heavily involved in the making of. And of course, the challenge is, is that Hollywood is racist, ageist, and sexist, among other things. So being able to, particularly since I'm not in the business of proving humanity to folks, you know, it is a challenge to show the value that honeys bring. So I tend to focus on showing them, continuing to show honeys our own value in our own way and making stuff for us that I can get to us immediately, whether it be through podcasts, we're about to shoot, shoot a proof of concept of a feature that I want to direct in Baltimore next month. So how can we make stuff without permission? Because And then Hollywood will catch on. I love that. It's like bypass their system and just do what we got to do for us. I love that. Do what we got to do for us. And then within working with the system, trying to find Mm -hmm. partners who get it, who are excited and try to forge those types of relationships. That is so important. But it also sounds like it is difficult to do. And so can you talk to us about what, what, lady, if you're watching us on video on Patreon, the, the, <laughs> the facial expression that Felicia just made when I said that it's difficult to do. That's real. That's, that's real. Yeah. That, that facial expression just said it all. But when you think about the difficulty in pursuing your passion in this way, right? And making sure that the stories of, of honeys are really being told. That takes a lot, right? And in order to sustain the work, we know that we have to, what I, you know, what we talk about all the time is that you can't pour from an empty cup. No. And so what are the things that you do to fill your cup, to keep you, that gives you the energy to do this work and maybe also inspire some of your writing. Absolutely. I mean, I think that was one piece that really I found out early on coming into Hollywood, but also from an artist standpoint, I realized that the more self-work that I do, number one, the, the, the better my craft is because I'm able to access emotions that I'm trying to transition and transfer onto the page. So I do a lot of self-work in terms of journaling and therapy and a lot of introspective shadow work to try to get to like childhood shit. You know, that's where it all comes from. But then I do stuff like hiking. I love the beach. Uh, one thing that I do love about California is the the weather. So the beach and hiking. I go yes. hiking every weekend yes. with my home girl. We talk shit, and then we go to brunch. And I love I'm to find. <laughs> I love you know. I love just like joyful moments and opportunities. I tend to prioritize joy in my life. One of the, my other quotes is that my only full-time job is to pr- protect my black joy. And I take that very seriously. And then things like fucking, you know what I mean? Like that Come I think is now. really important <laughs> that we talk don't talk about enough it. about in terms of touch and pleasure. And so I, I have to do all the things because it is very difficult. And then sometimes I just have to take a break. Sometimes I have to extend grace to myself when I say, why am I doing this? (laughs) You know what I mean? When I have those conversations, typically with my my homegirls and my my sister friends of like, 
you know, this, this ambition and this, and this gift is a lot. How do I make sure that I don't burn out? How do I make sure that they don't push me out? Right. Cause it's designed to push us out. Right. So then that's why I'm always like too, how can we be building so that we can be walking in a purpose without Hollywood or without whatever insert racist institution, you know, like I'm always making sure that there are ways to be walking in the purpose without, without that. I just want to say, I really appreciate, I just appreciate your entire answer. But I remember years ago, like this is before like podcasts and red table talk and these deep conversations from black women were being had in a public forum. I remember just battling with the multifacets of myself and not seeing that display, like women who are strong, who are smart, who are educated, but who can also say, and fucking. And it's like, you know, what I, mean? I just had to say, I just had to call that out because we celebrate the multifaceted woman here on the podcast. And I, I just that. think that's so important. Yeah, it's so important for us to show all of the facets of ourselves. And so this is just a quick little segue. I want to, I'd love for you to tell us about something about being a writer or producer that the average person just wouldn't know because it's not part of our world and our process. Like what's something that you can just share with us about that? I don't know if the average person knows how many iterations projects go through. So for instance, I'm working on this proof of concept, which is a short version of a feature film, essentially. And the short is 10 pages. And in the past couple of weeks, I've done six drafts of this short film. (laughs) And I've had it read twice. I did a punch-up room with two of my writer friends. And this is just for a a 10-page Short. So when you think about features, when you think about something like a really love and how many iterations just on the page and then how many iterations when you're actually shooting it and then how many iterations when you're in the post room and then how many voices are involved. Sometimes it's a really great collaborative process, but then you have voices that you have to balance for different agendas and different egos. So I don't know if the, if the, Average person knows now. This, not everybody does this with, with their work. You know, some people slap that shit on screen, and you can tell. But when you're really serious real. about the craft, <laughs> when you're really serious about your craft, and also the audience for which you are representing, right? Like my thing is like I can't slap it on the screen because my mama, for, mama had to read it. Mama, I got the pass from mom. Mama read like the fifth pass. She was happy with it. You know, like I'm representing my mama and also the the people that I imagine and think about in terms of black people. So I can't just slap some shit on the screen, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's good to know. Thank you for being so transparent and real about the process. And kind of going back to what I said before about the multifacets, we're going to shift up the energy of this conversation. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet. Okay, (laughs) all the things. All right, every single one. And we believe that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. So we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take (laughs) on the challenge, Felicia? I do. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Now that we got you, now that you've agreed, (laughs) we're going to tell you what to expect. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have three photos pulled up of you on the big screen, which we'll show you in a moment. But we want you to choose a number from one to three, and then we'll show you that picture. And we want you to provide more context about the photo that we wouldn't know having not been there. All right. All right. All right. You want to kick it off? All right, let's do this. Let's so, do it. our first question 
What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I didn't take it, but freeze your eggs. Ooh, I got that from an exec when I first moved out here. I was like, and I asked her in terms of like, what's some advice you'd give, you know, a writer trying to make it? She said, freeze your eggs. And that was some good advice. (laughs) Thank you for dropping the game. All right. You heard her lady. You heard the wisdom right here. Okay, Felicia, so our next question, it's a very easy question. It's very short. I'm just going to give you four words, okay? Twerk or two-step. What you doing? Two, I'm two-stepping. At, okay. at, this time, at this moment in my life, I'm two-stepping. I'm not twerking for free. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm like, if you got yes. the ones, though, if they got the ones, <laughs> then maybe. That's what I'm saying. Are you, okay. are you paying or not? Okay. I'm not twerking for free. Yes. I love that. I love that. That should be on a shirt. I don't know. I, I don't twerk, twerk for, for free. free. <laughs> Period. Now, if I'm with my girls, that's something different. But I don't know about. Mm. Mm-mm. Yep, that's real. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Next question. What is the sexiest item you own? I would just say me naked. Like, I, I feel like there's not much sexier than that. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, maybe lingerie, but no, naked, naked. I know that's right. We've had some very interesting answers, but I I love this one. I love it. (laughs) Just me. (laughs) Platter, that's it. Okay. We're going to move into sentence completion. So our first sentence completion is, one question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... My craft. I would like to talk about craft more. Yeah. Well, since you put it out there, our next sentence completion is... The one thing I wish people knew about my craft is... I think it's kind of what we talked about. Like, I put a lot of work into my shit. Like, and also I'm really good at what I do and I take it very seriously. But like, I, I put a lot of time into what what I do. Even like, yes, the talent is there, but I put a lot of hours in. A lot of hours. What is, just to kind of take a little detour, what does that process look like for you? Like, are you, what does your setting look like when you're like in the zone, you're in flow? Like, what does it need to be for you to really tap in? Yeah, it's probably like a hoodie up. I have music on. Sometimes I light my candle if I can, but I'm usually like the hood kind of creates this cocoon. So I have the hood up and I'm just like in it, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I mean, I've learned to write everywhere, but I've now have an office that I love that I like have kind of made a sanctuary in that way. But yeah, the hoodie is usually up when it's when it's go time. It ain't this. I love it. It's not the glam. It's like hoodie on. I love it. We. I feel like we got so many quotables. Usually in my glasses, shirts. hoodie and glasses is I'm really tapped in. I can't even put my contacts going in. in. She going uh-huh. in with the hoodies and glasses. I love it. So our last sentence completion is, what I love most about myself is... How joyful I can be. Like, I really feel like I enjoy the little moments. I enjoy the the big moments. I actively pursue joy. And I love that about me because I think that it can be infectious. Mm. Yes, I love that. Amen to that. So... 
Felicia, get ready. Now I want to say we uh-uh. found some fly ass, some oh, fly ass pictures of you. I don't know, only some gonna... crazy ass pictures on the internet of me. I've seen of old headshots that. Mm-hmm. Let me just say these pictures right here. They're gonna understand why you said you being naked is your Na- sexy. Oh, okay. <laughs> your sexy. Well, no, what, what I'm gonna say though, you have to choose a number between. You have to choose oh. one to three, and then we're gonna pull one of the photos up. So I just two. let's see which one I you choose. choose two. Two. Okay. Okay. Let me see two. Okay. Two is nice. Two is nice. All right. <laughs> let's take a look at two. And Felicia, some people are not going to be watching. So if you can describe the photo and then give us the context. Okay. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so this is me celebrating my 40th birthday party at Isabel in West Hollywood. And I have on this dress with my ass looks fantastic <laughs> if I might say so myself it's like and I love leopard print or like animal print so I have all this little animal print number but this was such a joyous day because like people I'll be honest I don't like a lot of people but like the people I like I love them so people who I love came out and we had a fantastic fabulous bougie brunch young intergenerational too like some of my daughters my younger my little daughters were there then my homies and we had so much fun we had so much fun this day yep and I was turning 40 when I became a honey it looks like a vibe thank that's you so an much amazing for sharing picture. that with us. thank you for doing that that's why I'm like such course. a fantastic memory Aww. you are so yes. welcome you are so welcome <laughs> yeah. I'm happy you chose that picture <laughs> So, Felicia, we have had an amazing time with Me you. Me too. And this know. is one of the one of the better interviews I've done. Like, I've oh. done some great interviews, but this has been so much fun. Yes, we love Thank it. Thank you. you. So, we know that our audience is going to feel those vibes as they're listening or as they're watching on Patreon. And so, and our audience is going to want to know where they can connect with you. In addition to seeing your work on the screen and hearing your podcast, where can they connect with you? Yeah. So you can watch Really Love on Netflix. You can watch my short film Tender at tendermovie.com. You can follow me on IG at feliciapride.com. And you can follow Honey Child on It's Honey Child. And you'll learn where you can listen to Child Please, our podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yay. All right, lady, you got it. So tap in, follow Felicia, watch the film, support, comment, all that good stuff. Felicia, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for the work that you do thank for the community. Thank you for having me. And thank you for of this course. space for Black women. It's so important and so needed. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. 
If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Just because I can do it all doesn't mean I have to do it all.